Well, now, this is the first service for me since the inauguration of President Joe Biden. And notice I said President Joe Biden. So I've been asked by more than one, well, what do we do now? Do we continue making the confessions for the election? And uh, I read them again. And at least the way they're worded right now, I would say no. That part of the, that part, now listen to what I'm saying. That part of the election has been settled. It is over. And uh, now, I'm going to go very slow. You understand why? I'm following the pictures. There are two camps. One camp says that the election is fraudulent. That... uh, The reason Joe Biden was elected was because of fraud in the election process. And uh, that camp, for the most part, is holding on to a hope that somehow the election will be declared invalid, overturned, and that President Trump could still be installed for the next four years. That's one camp. Okay. There's another camp. That says, no, he actually won legally. And uh, that's this is what the American people want. And this is what they voted for. And uh, God has honored that. Now, I'm not a prophet. A lot of people are prophets. I'm, I'm for the prophets. You know, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. So I'm below both of them. Okay, And I'm not a prophet. My job is to not be in either camp. I've been asking the Lord, what do you want me to say? Well, what about this? I have a paper that I wrote. I believe it's from him. Called, If the 2020 Election Was Not Done Honestly. See, we need to know. That's the thing. If it was done honestly, I need to know that. And if that's really what the American people want, and if that is what they have voted for, then they're going to reap what they've sowed. Eat the fruit of that tree. But see, a more important issue, to be honest with you, than whether Biden is in office or Trump is in office, a more important issue is the validity of the electoral process in the United States of America. If we cannot trust our voting system to be accurate, fair, done correctly, if, if it's not one citizen, one vote, if that's not the case, we have just become another banana republic. And elections will be in name only, and it will already be decided ahead of time, and corruption will rule the day. So to me, straightening out the electoral process, the voting process, is even more important than who's currently in office. Because that, let's see, yeah, okay, I saw that picture. <laughs> so, See, if it was done dishonestly, let's just take that side for a moment. I'm not saying it is or isn't. But if it was done dishonestly, then those that did it dishonestly are in power. You've got the fox guarding the hen house. And on its own, that corruption will never be exposed. If that's the case, I'm not saying it is. But if that's the case, so I redid some prayers that I had uh, 
had been shared on the internet from Michelle Bachman during the election time. And I was faithful. I never missed a day. I don't know about you, but my, my conscience is clear. I never missed a day on the special confessions. I never missed a day on the Bachman prayers that I've redone. And I never missed a day. There was a certain prayer I was praying for President Trump. So my conscience is clear. Uh, if yours is not, Father, we pray forgiveness. <laughs> His mercy is new every morning. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. So now see if this, I'm, if this seems reasonable to you, and I believe it is. This is if, if the 2020 election was not done honestly. And if this, I'm going to put this as a PDF along with the uh, today's message. Now, this is based on Proverbs chapter 6, verses 6, 16 through 19. Let me just read that passage to you. These six things does the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, and heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. Now these prayers are based on that passage. Father, we humbly ask in that, now you don't need to repeat these after me, and I want you to also uh, I'm not going to change these. You can email me, but I'm not going to change them. <laughs> but I'm putting them there for you to change them. Uh, just download it. Make it your own. If he gives you things that you need to add in your prayer time, great. And that's wonderful. I think that's a great thing. I'm not going to change. These are mine. And maybe a kind of a guideline. Okay. Father, we humbly ask in the name of Jesus that you silence every lying tongue and convict the hearts of those who devised wicked plans to invalidate and nullify the expressed will of the voters. Now, this is if it's fraudulent. Father, expose every false witness who has lied and operated deceitfully. Thwart the plans of those who have attempted to destroy our confidence in the voting system of America. Expose every wicked plan that was designed to steal the election through fraudulent plans. Father, reveal the deep and hidden things. You are light, and you expose that which is done in darkness. Bring to light every lie, deceit, deception, misrepresentation, and every illegal act that was designed to destroy the valid electoral process and overturn the expressed will of the citizens of this nation. Expose and overthrow the plans of those who intend to destroy the authentic, accurate vote counts in this nation. Expose every law that was broken in order to sabotage the election and subvert the expressed will of the people. Father, we pray that the procedures for voting in America be changed so that the citizens of this nation will always have confidence in our elections, that they are run honestly and fairly. One citizen, one vote. May it always be in the name of Jesus. 
one nation under God with liberty and justice for all. That will be available for you. If you'd like to pray that prayer and pray it more than once, I believe this is more important even than this single election. Because if we don't get this straightened out, how are we going to trust any elections in the future? Now, right on the other hand, let's take the other camp for a minute. Okay, so I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it this way. Those of you that prayed to special confessions, how many times in there does it say something along the lines, may the man the Father wants as our president be elected? Okay. Gary, do you think Joe Biden is the man that God wanted to be our president? Well, but he is our president. Now, do I believe, I'm not saying anything really, I'm just, do I believe it was God's will that Hitler ruled Germany during World War II? No, I don't. I'll never believe that, no matter what you say. Well, don't you know God is sovereign and he puts whoever he wants to be in charge? And I always have to agree with you right there that God is sovereign. I have no issue with that at all. God sovereignly chose at the beginning of creation to put man in charge of this earth. That is what he sovereignly chose. And he will not override man's free will. If he was going to do that, he would have stopped Cain right before he slew Abel. God didn't stop that now, did he? Yeah, but God is sovereign. I know. He sovereignly gave us free will. And he sovereignly chose to make man, give man dominion over this earth. Okay. So I do not believe, personally, myself, that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris is God's choice for America. But for right now, I mean, I'm waiting to see what God does. I'm not going to, we're not going to go that route. Yes, sir. I hope we all learn some things about conspiracy theories during all of this. You better, I hope you kept track of the sources of those theories. Because can I just say plain, people was making stuff up. Just flat making stuff up. And we're gullible because we want it so bad. Gullible, gullible. Well, all that, the end result of that is the world looks at us and says, see there, they don't know what they're talking about. So let's learn to separate from those sources. You hear me? Is that plain enough? There was not martial law declared. There was not a secret bunker. There was not a watermark in the ballots. There was not on and on and on and on and on. Now somebody somewhere, someone said, well, somebody just making it. I don't know. It might have been in Russia. They made it up and sent it over here. I don't know. But I do know it was poppycock foolishness. Somebody was laughing at us. And it's very serious. Be slow to speak, quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Anyway. Now, again. What do we do now? Well, one thing we can pray, we can pray that prayer for our voting system. 
It has got to be straightened out. If, if it needs to be straightened out, fine. Let's get it straightened out. I want to know one way or the other. So that's one thing you can do. Another thing you can do is pray for President Biden. It's like, oh, God, I don't want to. Too bad. Too bad. You're commanded to. First of all, that prayers and supplications be made for all men, for kings, and, all, and in our day it's presidents, and all those that are in authority over us. See, in Germany, if I, if I would have been alive in Germany during World War II, I would still be a good citizen in the sense I would obey the traffic laws. If the speed limit was 35 kilometers an hour, I'd drive 35 kilometers an hour. Now, some people are looking away. They don't do that now. But <laughs> uh, I would not be stealing from my neighbor. If I was a businessman, I'd have an honest business. In other words, I'd be doing my best to be a good citizen, even during the evil reign of Hitler. But see, you have to draw the line. Because when he says, now you've got to turn in all the, na- all the names of the Jews on your block so we can kill them. Do you obey that? Hello, church? No, you do not. Even at the risk of your own death. Even at the risk of your own family being put to death. No. Joe Biden is our president for now. Kamala Harris is vice president. So my Bible tells me to pray for them. I've got ten things you can pray here for uh, the current administration. I put for Biden, but for the current administration. You can write these down. I may put this list also. We may have a multiple-page PDF here today. Well, first off, pray for revival like you never have before. Are you convinced now that government is not the answer? Revival is the only hope for America. Revival. A real, honest, revi- I mean a real revival. And I mean signs and wonders. And we're going to get into that a little bit later in the message if the Lord allows. But pray for, number one, what do we pray? Pray for revival in America like you've never prayed before. Yes, sir. Get my job. Psalms 11.1 1 starts off. I think I had it pulled up earlier. Let me see. I don't want to misquote anything. This was at a time when King David was being under great assault and attack. And it starts off like this. Psalms 11, verse 1. In the Lord put I my trust. How say you to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain? What the the spirit that's trying to take over America is saying to all of us Christians who stood so strong... And it looks like total failure in every way. It's saying, shut up and go home. You lost. Shut up. Flee to your mountain and just be quiet. But should I read the rest of the song? For lo, the wicked bend their bow. They make ready their arrow upon the string. If you think that's not coming, it is. That they may shoot, privily shoot at the upright in heart. Well, that's already beginning. Now, this is the ver- this is the psalm that has this one. If the foundations be destroyed, 
What can the righteous do? I hope we get that far in today's lesson. And he gave me something on that. But now listen to the last part. No matter what's going on here. The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, his eyelids try the children of men. The Lord trieth the righteous, but the wicked and him that loveth violence, get this, his soul hateth. Upon the wicked he shall rain snares, fire and brimstone, and a horrible tempest. This shall be the portion of their cup. For the righteous Lord loves righteousness, and his countenance, his face, does behold the upright. We are not alone. We are not afraid. We are not going to run off to some mountain out in the wilderness. We're not going to take a vow of silence. And we will not bow to any other God that's trying to take over this nation. Little G. We will not bow. Throw us in the furnace or you don't throw us in the furnace, Nebuchadnezzar. We're not going to bow. And our God is able to deliver us. And our God will deliver us. Amen. Amen? That was item one on the prayers list. (laughs) Let me give you ten. Pray for revival as never before. Immerse Joe Biden in prayer. Resist anger, fear, and hopelessness. Trust God and lean not on our own understanding. I hear, I hear the words of Paul. We are perplexed. In English, best English today word is baffled. I do not get it, God. I don't understand. And it helps me to know Paul felt like that sometimes. He said, we're perplexed, but not in despair. We are not without hope. We are not worried, really. We don't understand, but we haven't seen the end of it yet either. Number five, remember we are members of a kingdom that cannot be shaken, no matter what they say. Number six, walk in love and be peacemakers with those around us on both sides of the aisle. Now remember Romans twelve eighteen. as far as is possible with you, live at peace with all men. That's not always possible. Jesus didn't walk in peace with all men. But he did his best. He always spoke the truth in love. He never compromised the truth. But sometimes truth speaks pretty straight, you whitewashed. (laughs) Anyway, you know. But walk in love and be peacemakers all that we can. But I'm not going to compromise. Number seven. Repent. Now, this has everything to do with social media and beyond. But repent of unholy, unnecessary, divisive rhetoric. Especially on social media. That only serves to more deeply divide the church. I don't have Facebook or you know, I don't have any of that stuff. But what little samples that has been sent to me. You wouldn't talk like that in front of your mother. But you're talking like that in front of your Lord. Come on, repent. 
Number eight, remember that God is working. This is from the lyrics of the song. Even when we don't see it, even when we don't feel it, God is working. God plays the long game. And he is after permanent solutions. Permanent. Okay? Don't even think God's through with the United States of America. He is in the process of making it better than it's ever been before. And he's playing the long game to get the, get the, the perfect solution. He has heard our prayers. There has been 70 to 80 million at least just in this nation, not counting all those around the world, praying for God. They've been repenting, turning back to God, worshiping God, praying for a worldwide revival. And my God hears our prayers. But he's plays the long game. Have you found that out? Number nine. Now, hopefully we'll get to some of this today. Determined to be salt and light in better ways than in the past. Now, if we get that far in the message today, you'll know more what I mean by that. And number ten. This is something we all need to practice and ask the Lord to help us with. But number ten is this, and I'm going to ask the Lord to help me with this. Become expert at explaining the gospel to the lost. Become expert. Ask the Lord to help you. He's not calling us all to be evangelists, but I'm telling you, he's calling us to be salt. And salt brings seasoning. Salt brings flavor. Salt brings thirst. Salt, we have got to be better at being salt and light in this world. If we get that far today. I'm going to share these in the sequence that he gave them to me. Uh, I'm telling you, I rec- I've come to recommend something to you today. I've come to recommend prayer. Amen. And long seasons of prayer. He's been showing me things in this season, taking all of these facts into consideration and bringing, let's just say it this way, he's, he's using everything to cause me to think in different ways than I have thought in the past. And if we're going to go somewhere that we've never been, isn't that necessary? I believe it is. So I wasn't really exactly seeking him for this. I've just been, you know, once my, my by the way, my mother is almost back to, back to normal. She's ready to whip wildcats. And at her hundredth birthday party right at the end, she did a little jig. And, you know, two months ago, she couldn't even get out of bed, couldn't walk at all. So thank you for your prayers. I thank God for my mama. Since I've been able to come back and spend the times in prayer, I, I just trust him that he's bringing forward what we need. Okay, so one one day, and it was Jan- it was inauguration day, actually January twentieth. That's inauguration day, right? Well, it's a Wednesday, and I was down here praying, like I'm supposed to be, just praying, praying, praying. But a recurring vision just kept coming, a little movie on the inside, and I kept seeing again and again uh, this vision of a scalpel. And I got to remember, this is on inauguration day. I kept seeing a vision of a scalpel. A surgical scalpel cutting into flesh to remove a cancer. Now the cancer was below the surface of the skin. And before the incision was made, the cancer simply could not be seen. Although it was there and it was deadly the whole time. 
Unseen cancer cannot be surgically removed without division. A separation in the skin must be caused by a knife, a scalpel, so that the cancer can be exposed and then surgically removed. God has used President Trump as the scalpel to cause division that has exposed the cancer so that it can be permanently removed from our society. This is the beginning, not the end. Now, so far, we have only seen the slice of the blade that enables the removal process to begin. This is the very beginning of the surgical process. Do not despair and rejoice. Then there was an update on January 23rd, three days later. I kept seeing that open wound that exposes the dark cancer. But in this vision, for now, the cancer is not being removed. For now, it's being more fully exposed. I see this dark, putrid substance oozing forth from the cancerous source that has been long hidden beneath the surface of the skin. It will continue to come forth for a season and will cause much pain as its presence becomes more and more exposed to the world. It seems for now this cancer is not being perceived as something evil and deadly. But as it continues to ooze forth from the open wound, it will eventually be seen for what it is. Absolute evil and deadly to everything it touches. Only after it has been sufficiently exposed will the removal process begin. But the surgery will begin. And it will be successful. Get this. The patient will live. Now, on the first day of Biden's presidency, this is just fact. On the first day of his presidency, this is just a partial list of what was done. Number one, kill the Keystone Pipeline. Thousands of jobs instantly lost. It increased America's dependence on foreign energy. And by that process, it weakened our economy and strengthened our enemies. Item number two, day one. Biden signed into by executive order more than one order regarding mass abortions. He ordered our tax dollars to again pay for abortions in other countries such as Africa, Mexico, and many other nations around the world. Now get this straight. Every time you get a paycheck and they take out some dollars that goes to the federal government, part of your money is paying for abortions in other country, like it or not. He also signed documents that bolsters abortions here in the USA and causes more of our tax dollars to fund them here as well. Day one. 
On day one, he rejoined the World Health Organization and the Paris Agreement about climate control. Both of those things increased China's power over the American people. And both of those things will lead to tens of thousands of American jobs lost. Both of them. I've only got five items here. It's number four. It's mass immigration. He stopped construction of the border wall. No more. That only helps drug smugglers and gangs like MS-13. Now the goal of that, no matter what they say, is greed. This mass immigration... It's not humanitarian like they want you to think it is on their part. It's greed. It will provide cheap labor for corporations. And by that process, tens of thousands of American jobs will be lost to illegal immigrants. I'm all about immigration. Legal immigration. Boy, I didn't get nearly there. Legal. I'm all about legal immigration. Hardly any of us would be here had not our forefathers immigrated. Isn't that right? I don't see too many American Indians in here. But it's all about legal immigration. Anyway. And even worse, what they're really doing by this mass immigration, they're trading citizenship. Not even that. It's not citizenship. They're trading, letting them come in for votes. Because the vast majority of those will vote Democratic. You will be paying, if they have their way, that the cancer is oozing. You will be paying for free health care for them all. If they live up to their promise. And that will lead to the death of hundreds of thousands of small businesses. Last one. More changes that are soon to come, and this is all based on their published agenda. You're going to see an increase of drag queens reading to children in our public libraries. He's already passed some transgender things. That's going to mean boys are allowed in girls' bathrooms and in the locker rooms. That's going to lead to the elimination of girls' sports Altogether, because they will, all the championships will eventually be won by trans men who transgendered the girl. The most important, maybe the most important change of it all, great censorship is coming to all things Christian. This next portion of today's message, we're going to talk about the agenda to take over the world. God had the first agenda. You read Genesis 1, you'll see what his plan was for the world. It was perfect. Everything was good. Man made in his own image. Righteousness, holiness, no sin of any kind, no lack of any kind, no tears of any kind, no death of any kind. That's God's plan. But see, there was another spirit that shows up in the garden. Another spirit... They showed up in the garden who had a different agenda. Now, I want to read you a quote. I don't know who this came from, so I just put anonymous. This is what we're going to have to fight right now because there's been such a... All of us, I want to say, can I say conservative Christians without getting in too much trouble? All of us feel like we've had a body blow. We're perplexed. We're what in the world, Okay. 
But here's a quote that I heard that is so right. I don't know who originally said it. But conservatives fight until they lose. But progressives fight until they win. See, and the the enemy has had an agenda not only to take over America, but to take over the whole world. You do know that in Ephesians 6, we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. These spirits are trying to take over the whole world. The same war that's going on here is going on in New Zealand. They're trying it in Australia. So far, they're holding pretty strong. They've tried it in Brazil. Brazil's holding pretty strong. New Zealand, not so strong, you know. Hong Kong, you know what's going on there with that spirit. Now, see, we were commanded by our Lord to be salt and light to the whole world. There was a time in America when Christianity seasoned, let's talk about salt, seasoned every aspect of our nation. From politics to the courts to business ethics to family matters to morals to entertainment And so forth. But the devil has had a plan to take over America and the whole world. With thinking that opposes everything God says. Now remember the devil's tactics have not changed since he tempted Eve in the garden. Saying he's still doing it the same way. He says to all mankind. Hath God said? And once the seed of doubt is planted. He proceeds to reprogram the mind of man with thoughts that never originated in the mind of God. Now, I'll just remind you, you can look these up later, you know them really well. See, here's, let's look at what God said. Go right back to the beginning. What God said, Genesis 2, 16 and 17. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil... Thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Now, do you remember what Matthew 4, 4 says? What Jesus said? Matthew 4, 4. Man shall not live by bread alone, but man shall live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. What if Adam had lived by that word? What if he just lived by that word? The world would be a completely different place than it is today. But here comes the serpent. Let's see what he said. And this is Genesis 3, 4. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. Directly opposed the word of God. He continued with other thoughts that I didn't include here. He started talking to her. It's a tree to make one wise and to be desired and you'll be like God. And all, all of that was to get Eve thinking differently. Than how God had told man to think. And eventually it worked. She disobeyed God. But she was deceived. But she turned to her husband. He was not deceived. He knew what he was doing. And he disobeyed God. Now there's the beginning right there of the devil's plan to take over the whole world. His agenda was this, and it still is. Replace the word of God with the word of the devil. Can you see that, how clear that is? Replace the word of God with the word of the devil. Reprogram how mankind thinks so that the works of the devil are performed in the earth 
instead of the will of God being performed in the earth. No wonder the Lord's prayer starts off, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy names. First thing, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, even as it is in heaven. Why is that so important? Because without that, the God of this world, little g, his works are being accomplished here. But he has to do it through men. Jesus said this. He shed the light on this in John 8, verse 41, talking to the religious leaders now, the Pharisees, not drug dealers, although you could say the same to them. But talking to the Pharisee, you do the deeds of your father. What if I said it this way? You're allowing the will of Satan to be accomplished in the earth. You're doing it. But he said it this way. You do the deeds of your father. Then said they to him, we're not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Well, what deeds, Jesus? What do you mean, the deeds? What deeds are you talking about? Well, he just mentions two in the next verse, murders and lies. Because in, uh, in verse 44, John eight forty-four, you are of your father, the devil. And the lusts of your father you will do. Now notice, he was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks not of, he speaketh of his own for he is a liar and the father of it. Well, right after the fall, what do we read about? Murder. Cain slew his brother. The works of Satan was accomplished in the earth. But see, Satan could not just murder people on his own. You've got to get this. He had to get Cain to do it. Why? We're back to the sovereignty thing. God has sovereignly chose that man will have dominion on this earth. He sovereignly chose to give us a free will. If God was... Dave even went... I just said a while ago, if he was going to ever override somebody's free will, he would have overrode Cain. Right before he slew Abel, Dave took it even before that. He said he would have slapped Adam down on the way to the tree. Isn't that right? See, God is sovereign. I agree with you. But he sovereignly chose to give man dominion over the earth. And even the devil has to work through man. He has to work. He has to get you to go kill somebody. He has to get you to get drunk and drive. He has to get you to put that needle in your vein in your arm. He has to get you to do it. Or do it to somebody else. So the devil had to get Cain to murder Abel. But make no mistake about it. It was the work of the devil. It was his deed. It was his will being done in the earth. Well, Cain was of that wicked one. We're plainly told in 1 John 3.12. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one. He was getting his instruction from someplace other than God. You getting this? He had been reprogrammed. He wasn't thinking like God. He had a different nature. Okay. Now, of the Pharisees whom Jesus called the children of the devil, <laughs> he said they were not just liars and murderers. If you read on, like Matthew 23, 24, he calls them hypocrites, extortioners, liars, and worse. The worst thing is, it said, you're actually substituting your tradition 
for the command of God. Now, what is that? What I say is more important than what God said. Now you are ascending your throne. Now you're into original pride. Just like Satan did. I will extend my throne higher above him. They were changing what God says with what the devil says. And it was the takeover continuing even in the religious camp. During my lifetime in America, this is Gary talking now. I'm 74, by the way, as I read this document. I've been around a while. During my lifetime in America, I have seen the retreat of the church. I'm going to say it a little different. I have seen the retreat of Christianity. I have seen the retreat of the seasoning. I have seen the retreat of the salt. From nearly every segment of our society. We were supposed to be salt and light to the whole nation. But we have retreated to the point now, we're barely salt and light to each other in the church. Much less to the nation as a whole. While in extended prayer recently, and this has happened during this, during this last two, three weeks, I had a vision of my wife preparing a huge turkey to be baked in the oven. Now see, to many of you, this won't, you'll miss part of it because you've only had those Dry, tasteless turkeys from restaurants. You never had Sue's turkey where you bite, you bite into it and the juice just, you say, I don't like turkey. You have not had Sue's. You have not had Angie's. The seasoning is there. This is good. Okay. But while in extended prayer recently, I had a vision of my wife preparing a huge turkey to be baked in the oven. But in this vision, I'm watching her. She only seasoned one turkey leg. Only put seasoning like salt or whatever on one turkey leg. And I'm going, this is strange. Isn't the whole turkey supposed to have the seasoning? And right there I heard, didn't I command you to go into all the world? See, in the same way that that whole turkey is supposed to be seasoned and not just the leg. The Lord was using that vision to illustrate what has happened in America. We have retreated. We've stopped seasoning. We've we've not been seasoning with Christianity. We've retreated from the arena of politics, education, the arts, especially entertainment. And for the most part, even the workplace. Until now, we come to our little meetings like little turkey legs. And hope we get a little salt on us today. On the other hand, see, this is the plan to take over the world, the agenda to take over the world. On the other hand, the devil has been very aggressive. He has an aggressive agenda to take over America. It's like the educational system has been his counterfeit of Bible college. In all the major universities, and I'm talking like Yale and Harvard and Columbia and all of those that everyone knows the names of, all of those universities were originally founded for their promotion of the gospel. They were founded on Jesus' name. But now they have become the training ground of those that hate America. 
They have become the training ground to reprogram our youth with socialist and communistic thinking. And they're programming our people to think America is evil at its core. And the history must be done away. So now, the young generation, the ones that are rioting and throwing statues in the rivers, and instead of seeing America as being a city of light set on a hill, which is what God intended, there's a whole generation now that's been reprogrammed by the educational system to think America is inherently evil. They have been taught that America's foundation must be destroyed. Remember that verse earlier? If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? The enemy knows full well the power of that scripture. And if he can destroy the foundations, he'll destroy America. How many hours do you have here? I've been... I'm just going to touch on, you talk, let's get as a foundation, let's go as foundational about as you can go and see the attacks of the enemy and how it's been happening and how we're going to have to reverse this. Jesus said in Mark 10, 6, now, this is about as foundational as you can get. From the beginning of creation, God made them Male and female. Say it with me. God made them male and female. From the creation, from the foundation, it's always been this way, and it's still this way. God made them male and female. Now see, the devil is not content to even let that most fundamental, foundational truth stand. He's using the elementary school curriculum. I mean, it's all the way down in the elementary school curriculum to teach young people they can decide for themselves whether they're male or female. doesn't matter what their physical parts say. All caps. For my purpose. God makes them male and female. That this is a foundation we must not allow to be destroyed. Already this new progressive administration in America is forbidding the use of all gender associated pronouns. Such as him, her, man, woman, and so forth. Like you can't say policeman anymore, it's police person. Why do you think that's going on? It's not the people. It's the spirit that's trying to take over the world. And he has to destroy the foundations. Even the basic fundamental fact, God makes people male and female. Even that foundation's got to go. So already this new progressive administration in America is forbidding the use of all gender associated pronouns. Such as him, her, man, woman, and so forth. Why? Because the devil knows that God has ordained the family unit, the family unit, to be the foundation of a godly society. So let me read a few more verses there. In that same one, I just read Mark 10 verse 6, but let's read through verse 9. From the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. For this cause, or you could say why. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother... 
and cleave to his wife. They twain shall be one flesh. We all know what's being talked about here. So that they are no more twain, two, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. Now I wrote, why the joining of the two to become one flesh? What was the purpose? Just mere, I'm trying to be nice too, just mere pleasure during the quote act of marriage? Well, God did make it pleasurable, but for a reason. Now I'm going to quote to you from Malachi. Some of you are going to be aghast that it's not about tithing. Malachi is one of my favorite books. You know, most people can't tell you anything out of Malachi except the tithing part. Because that's, anyway. But see, why did God make them male and female? Why this joining of the two? What was the purpose? Well, Malachi chapter 2 verse 15. And did not he make one? He's talking about divorce and how God hates divorce. And did not he make one? Yet had he the residue of the Spirit, and wherefore one? Why, why did he take two and make one? That he might seek godly seed. I need to know the deep spiritual revelation. I mean, God made man. There he was, Adam. He said he was perfect. Why, Brother Gary? Why did he decide to make two? And make them in such a way they could join together and become what? Why did God do that? Deep calleth unto deep. Children. <laughs> that There's a reason for everything God does. It's just plain practical. That's why he did it. I'm going to read it to you out of Amplified. Malachi 2.15 And did not God make you, you and your wife, one flesh... Did not one make you and preserve your spirit alive? Why did God make you two one? Because he sought godly offspring from your union. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and let no one deal treacherously and be faithless to the wife of his youth. Now see, the family unit is God's plan. From the beginning, this is how God intended to build society. The fa- a mother... A father and children. I'm going to say a man, <laughs> a woman, and little kiddos. That's called the family unit, and it's God's idea, and it's foundational. It's no wonder the devil has been attacking that foundation. It has to be destroyed for him to take over the world. That's God's plan for the earth. The family unit was designed by God to be a man, a woman, And godly children who would be brought up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That was God's plan. Simple. Get more trouble here. Now this is why homosexuality and lesbianism is such an affront to God. He calls it an abomination. It serves no purpose whatsoever. There's nothing in him that is remotely that way. He did not design people for that purpose. See... These are appetites. There's appetites in humans that God never intended for humans to have. It's evil to its core, and that's why God calls it an abomination. And it's the same. He says the same thing about sex with children, which now, if you've read in California and they're trying to get it done in Texas right now, 
lowering the consent age to age 14. Children. Not mentally or emotionally equipped to make such consent at all. They have no idea what's going to happen. The family unit is God's plan. A man, a woman, and children. Married, by the way. God has no plan for any kind of sex, any kind of sex outside of marriage. Period. Let's talk about pornography for a minute. Pornography is a tool of the devil that creates appetites in humans that God never intended for them to have. That kind of activity is not part of God's design. They are appetites that God never intended for us to even have. It's like me. I know what it's like to have an ungodly. I had nicotine appetite for years. God never intended for mankind to have an appetite for nicotine. Nicotine does you no good whatsoever. It is not part of God's plan. But yet, I developed an appetite for it that nearly killed me. Well, what do you, what's the cure? Repent. Go through the withdrawals till it's gone. Same with pornography, by the way. Pornography, I've read articles, I didn't bring it with me, and that's not the main subject, but they've proven. when Just, just the observing, even if you don't participate in any physical way, it, just the observing of it, especially in the male, I don't know about the women so much, but in the male, produces chemical releases in the brain that are very pleasurable. That's why you want to watch it again. You want to watch it again. You, the brain releases... Probably endorphins and other things that I don't know that much about, but you get a buzz. You get a, you get something. A physical something that encourages you to do it again. Just the watching of it. But that's an appetite that's acquired. It wasn't given to you by God. Pornography has been a real tool of the devil. Sin always has pleasure for a season, by the way. But the wages of sin are still death. Okay. The next title I have here, subheading, and we're not going to get all of them today. Part of the agenda for the world takeover. And when I say this to someone, well, God doesn't have any plan to take over the world. Have you ever read John 3.16? For God so loved Tulsa. Is that what it says? For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever in the world would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. And I believe it's Peter that wrote, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come. That's God's will. If he had his way, the whole world would be saved. Okay, so this next heading is called, and this is part of the devil's agenda, or let's say this, that spirit we're contending with. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. That spirit that's trying to take over America, he wants to eliminate the gospel of Jesus Christ from America completely. See, in order for the devil to have a complete takeover of America, all Christian influence must be eliminated. The devil does not mind there being churches that call themselves Christians just so long as they don't preach the gospel. That's going on in China right now, by the way. See, China is much further along already in this process. The only, quote, legal churches, and I mean legal according to China, are the state-authorized three-self churches. That's what they call it, three-self. They are strictly regulated by the state regarding what they can preach. Home churches 
that preach the pure gospel are totally illegal. And right now, the government in China is using every modern technology that there is, such as facial recognition, social media, to identify, arrest, and imprison pastors and leaders. Next page, turned upside down. (laughs) Pastors and leaders. Hallelujah. Okay. Of the home churches. And they're also reprogramming. If they can't get them to stop, they send them to reprogramming camps. Did you know in the news this week, the news in America this week, a very popular commentator, news person, said all of these conservative Christians may just have to be reprogrammed. That's in America, on a major news network. you got to understand, you know, I never thought I'd live to see the day where a candidate would run calling himself openly in America a socialist, like Bernie Sanders. I'm talking about Bernie. I never thought I'd see anybody with the gall to say that. This just shows you how far America's gone. See, but socialism really is communism light. And real communists despise the word socialism. But socialism is normally only a stepping stone away from full communism. And communism, at its core, always must be atheistic, period. The state is God. That is communism. The state is God. And communism will tolerate no higher authority than the state. And that's why it has to remove God at all costs. And anyone preaching the true gospel at all costs. The deception is so great in America right now that many who call themselves Christian do not even understand that the leftist progressive agenda they are pushing forward, they'd be appalled if they really knew it's designed to eventually purge the nation of Christianity completely. The leftist, now listen, listen to this part. This is really the, I'm calling it leftist, but see, when I, 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 let's call it the agenda by that spirit that we're contending with, the one that wants to take over America. You need to understand, Christian, you need to understand it's coming after you. Don't think you're going to fly away to your little mountain. The only way really, if this goes the way that the devil intends, the only way really for you to escape is to recant being a Christian. Or just shut up. Go to your little mountain and shut up. I refuse. I will stand with Joshua and Caleb. I will will not stand with the ten spies. We are well able. Let us engage in the battle. Let us be salt and light. Listen, the church has been on the defense way too long. The church is going to have to be going the offense again. And I'm talking about being, I'm talking about seasoning the whole turkey and doing it aggressively. We're going to have to become as aggressive as the devil is. He, it's obvious he has used every form of art, entertainment, education, politics. He's used everything in his arsenal trying to take over this country and we have refused to do it. We stay in our little niche. No, I'm not supposed to be involved in that. Yes, you are. Go you into all the world and preach the gospel. 
We need Christian lawyers. We need Christian businessmen. We need Christian educators. We need Christian mechanics. We need Christians in every phase of society to be salt and light. I'll finish with this one. Gary, are you done? Nope. Been praying, I tell you. I'm telling you, I recommend prayer. I've, he's, it's just so amazing. I'm not even thinking like I did even a month ago. It's just amazing how he's changing. Let's talk about social media for a minute. I never thought, again, I'm 74. I've lived in this, I lived a long time, of course. I never thought that I would live to see the day where just three companies, three trillion dollar companies, would have the power to silence the President of the United States of America. We ought to, now I'm not going to say be up in arms because apparently people take that literally. But we should be mad as hell. I mean, if that doesn't slap you in the face, these little, and I'm sorry, but little pipsqueak, young, who do you think you are? They call themselves the masters of the universe. No pride there. You haven't met the master of the universe. I'm praying you do. I'm seriously. I got, he's having me pray for them. I'll tell you right now what I'm praying. They need, a, they need a Damascus Road experience. They need Jesus to slap them off their high horse. Knock them right to the ground. I am Jesus. I'm, what would you have me do? That's what they need. The way it stands right now, just three trillion dollar companies had had the power to silence the president of the United States. And they did it. And they got away with it. So why do you think they're they're going to be afraid to come silence you? I can already see the this is part this is part of salt and light. We Christians, we gotta get our own YouTube. We gotta get our own everything that they have no control over. Because I can already see it. You can see it. If they, Hey, if we can silence the president, who are you? They're coming after you, I'm telling you. And they're going to, they're going to do the same. You know, so many, so many aspects. Even the cashless society thing. Because of the vast majority, for most ministries, the money comes in digital. You know that, online. The vast majority of it. I mean, it's easy for them now to just... Cut the cord. They'll silence what you say and they'll silence your flow of money. Salt and light. We've got a lot of work to do. We have got a lot to work to do. And it's got to be a whole new attitude. Let me finish up just this one. The way it stands. I'll just read it. Two paragraphs. Man. You need that paragraph though. Anyway. The way it stands right now. Just three trillion dollar companies have the power to silence the president of the United States of America. Along with the mainstream media, by the way, they have silenced the voice of the President of the United States and prevented him from being able to speak to the people of the nation. Unthinkable. A few decades ago. Unthinkable. Now, if any other nation had tried to do by force what these three companies did within the country. If any other nation had tried to do that, we'd be at war. You know we would. 
My father and, and the generation that my father, O.R. Carpenter, who fought in World War II, and along with that generation who fought the Nazis, they must be turning over in their graves to think that such a thing could happen in America that they fought and bled for. The home of the brave, the land of the free. And we let three pipsqueak companies, I say pipsqueak because in the sight of God, silence. Okay, I'm going to just do it real quick. Okay. Let's talk about cancel culture. It was Hitler who declared he had the right to cancel an entire race called the Jews. Talk about cancel culture. Where, where did that spirit come from? It was Hitler who declared he had the right to cancel the lives of gypsies, the mentally ill, those born with birth defects. And if you'll read your history, you'll find he also canceled the lives of many thousands of Christians. Now let me just mention one, one of them that he killed. His name is Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a strong opponent to Hitler. Right during the war, I just got a few quotes from him, just a few. If you go online, it's amazing. He was only 39 when he died. It's amazing he had the courage and the wisdom that he had. Dietrich Bonhoeffer. You spell his last name B-O-N-H-O-E-F-F-E-R. Here's just three quotes. One act of obedience is worth a hundred sermons. Another one. The ultimate test of a moral society is the kind of world that it leaves to its children. Think about what's going on right now. I declare with all the life that's in me and every breath that I have, my great-grandchildren will not grow up in a socialist America. They will not. But anyway, the third quote from him, now listen to this one. Silence... Now, understand who he's contending with. Silence in the face of evil is itself evil. God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. And not to act is to act. He was hanged by Hitler at age 39, one month before Germany surrendered. Sometimes there's a price. Sometimes they listen to the martyrs, the voice of the martyrs down through the ages. I would rather stand with the martyrs than one Judas. I would rather stand with the martyrs. I'd rather be with Joshua and Caleb. Let us go up at once. And if God be for us, we are well able to take this mountain. Conclusion, there is an agenda being played out to take over America and the world. The progressive left, and it's not really the people, it's the spirit that they are, most of them are unknowingly serving. But they are fighting until they win. They're hoping that the Christian conservatives will stop fighting after losing just one election. The devil is saying to the Christian, you lost. Now just flee away to some mountain and shut up. And I'm going to read for you again and close with this. Psalms 11, the last part of it again, verses 4 through 7. The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. 
His eyes behold, his eyelids try, the children of men. The Lord tries the righteous, but the wicked and him that loveth violence his soul hateth. Upon the wicked he shall rain snares, fire, and brimstone, and a horrible tempest. This shall be the portion of their cup. For the righteous Lord loves righteousness, and his countenance does behold the upright. We've got to salt the whole turkey. We've got to go back to the original mandate that he gave us. Go ye into all the world. See, we've only taken it like a salvation issue. Well, salvation is number one. He also said, teach them to observe everything I taught you. That's called discipleship. That's called training. That's called getting them to think the way that he thinks. And that's what we've got to do. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Father, I thank you. I've done my best to obey what you gave me. Lord, our eyes are set on you. Like Paul said, we are perplexed. We don't understand everything that's going on. But Lord, we also believe the words of that song. And I saved them here, Lord, so I could refer to it. Lord, you are the way maker. You are the miracle worker. You are the promise keeper. You are the light in the darkness. That is who you are, Lord. Now, Lord, even when we don't see it, you're working. Even when we don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. And, Lord, we're trusting you now. We are perplexed, but we are not in despair. And we trust you, Lord. We declare that America is in revival. And that America, that Jesus is Lord over America. In Jesus' name we pray. Now listen, if you're, li- if you're hearing this and you're, you, you've never given your life to Jesus, today is your day. Hey, listen, He died for you as much as He died for anybody else. He shed His blood in your place so that you could go to heaven and not have to pay for your sins. He already paid for them. So the Bible says if you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead and if you say with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord, you will be saved. So let's all pray this prayer. Let's just join it. It won't hurt you. Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I know that God raised you from the dead. I know that you died to pay for my sins. Jesus, from this day forward, you are my Lord. Come into me, Jesus. Father, forgive me all of my sins because of the price Jesus paid for me. Jesus, I love you. I want to serve you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Baptize me in the Holy Ghost. Teach me what you'd have me do. My life belongs to you now, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. If you prayed that, you are saved. You are saved. You're born again. There's going to be a new sheriff in town. A new voice coming from the inside out. That's him. Yield to him. Your life will be so much better. Father, I pray from Ephesians that you strengthen all of us, Lord, with might by your spirit in our inner man. Strengthen us, Lord. 
Lord, we were born for such a time as this. You've been preparing us and raising us up for generations, for decades, preparing us for this very time. And this is not a time we'll fly away like a little bird. Lord, give us the mountain. Show us our part individually, our part to be salt and light in this generation. Strengthen us with your spirit, Lord. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. And if you agree, you can say, Amen, Amen.